Hello and welcome to Evidence of Grace, a podcast from Revolution 22 Church in Boise, Idaho. The purpose of this podcast is for members of our church body to share their testimony and how God is continually working in our lives. We hope that this is an encouragement to you and that you continue to love God and love others. This week's episode is featuring Cameron Lloyd. Uh, many of you guys know Cameron as the fun, energetic, and athletic guy that always wears soccer shorts to church, but Cameron has an awesome life story about God's faithfulness, the importance of giving your all to Yahweh, and being in a community with believers. Cameron and I started off this episode a little bit different than others. We start by sharing stories and memories from being a yip. Cameron came up with that name before we dive into his testimony. Hope you enjoyed this episode, get to know a little bit more about Cameron, and have a few laughs with us. All right, welcome back to Evidence of Grace podcast. I'm joined by fellow former yip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cameron. What's up? Lloyd, thank you for joining us, man. Yeah. I'm going to be here. I'm really excited. Um, I think you once told me you have a voice for podcasting. No, I told you that I have been told (laughs) that I have a radio voice and it was a stranger that said it. So I felt like that made it even better. That's a, that, that, that's different by you. You were told. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I would never like put that title on myself. (laughs) Great way to start. (laughs) But you know, when like an elderly lady is like, Ooh, you have a radio voice. Really nice. I was like, Oh, right. I can run with that. Yeah. I think that's a great thing to run with. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. (laughs) Well, dude, I'm super excited uh, for this. This is going to be our third episode, I think. Um, so you're batting, not batting cleanup quite, but you're batting third. I was never clean up. No, I don't hit it to the fences. Well, I was actually number one or number two because I'd get on base. Oh, but yeah. Well, I, in this situation, you're batting third. All right, so. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's good enough. Um, well, yeah. So I mentioned your. Do we want to start with yip stuff, or do we want to start back when you were uh, a baby? Oh, uh, you can kind of you get to run with this one. I don't really care. Okay. I don't think it. It doesn't doesn't matter. No. Yeah, let's let's do yip. Let's yeah, do yip. I like that. I like that. So explain to people what yip is. Uh, so yip is a made up position. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, used by Revolution Twenty Two specifically in youth ministry, though it could apply to like you could have like a sip, right, for right, children, right. for children's ministry, or a whip for worship in ministry. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh that's, that's it. Um, but it stands for youth interim intern position. So yeah. basically my job description when I, uh, first was granted that title was, uh, I was told just make it survive, <laughs> <laughs> just make sure everything happens. Make sure Wednesday nights happen. Camps happen. Don't worry about anything other than just like make it survive. Right. And it was me. And then, uh, my best friend, Johnny Farrell. Uh, who's over in Hood River now? Mm-hmm. Um, he was over middle school. I was over high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so yeah, you it's it's youth interim in no wait youth youth interim intern position. There we go. Yeah, uh-huh. yes, that's right. I yeah, I just called it yip. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you you made up a position that then when you were no longer serving in that role, it was given to me. Yeah, the 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 role stayed. That's pretty cool. That I actually just told Johnny the other day. I was like, "Bro, you have a legacy as a yip because it's not just us." <laughs> Seriously, it is, it, it is an actual position. Like, yeah, that is that's pretty cool. Do you, mm-hmm. you you could put that on a resume. I think I feel like position creator. Right. I don't know if I want to put on my resume that I was a yip. <laughs> <laughs> You leave that part out, but you make sure you put in that you have created a job before. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty rad. Yeah. So, okay. So you made it. I think this could kind of be fun to just talk about what we learned Mm -hmm. in that position to, quote, make youth ministries survive. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think this could be fun to kind of run with, like, what, what do we... I don't know. What did we learn from, from doing that? Yeah. Um, so what I'm trying to think of what, how, how we, how we can run with this, but mm. what, what are some maybe challenges 
in making youth ministry work that that we've come across in our times doing it. Yeah. I think the biggest challenge that I've found in my life, and this goes in any position, in any volunteer role, any, honestly, most paid roles as right. well in the church, because the majority of us didn't go to seminary, didn't go to Bible college. Like the majority, especially churches, like all my church fr- people, all my friends who work for churches in Boise, like a lot of them are like, no, I was just serving. And then they were like, hey, we see you. We want to empower you. And we also want to pay you. <laughs> um, but I think the the thing that has stood out to me the most is that I'm not a professional. Mm. And that was the biggest challenge, both in my heart and also like outwardly to realize like no matter how like I had put about, let's see, four or five years of volunteer yeah. experience in youth ministry before I became paid, before I became that guy. Right. Um, the yip. The yip. And I thought I knew what I was doing. Huh. But you never really know what you're doing. No. Even when you like are like, yes, I've done this a thousand times you still don't really know what you're doing. Mm. And I think that that's the case in more than just the church world, but I think especially in like ministry roles where you're like, I'm a volunteer. Like I'm, I'm here to serve and I'm leaning on the Lord, the Lord, like Yahweh is the only professional in this building, right? right? Like Yahweh, Jesus, like they are the professional. Uh, You know, there are people that know so much about, trauma or theology or you know ancient hebrew literature and it's like that's great like that's all so great and so important but like how do you make that practical and that's where you realize you can have like all the knowledge in the world and then you put a middle schooler in front of you and you're like this is <laughs> what <laughs> but then you have no clue what they're gonna do either exactly <laughs> i think i think i've found that out Especially while, I mean, you can apply to just a normal youth group like on a Wednesday night, but Mm. camps especially Mm. are, you know, these big things that you've spent a lot of time preparing for. And I found that especially I think of my, my week leading up to a camp, right? Like you, you're leaving on a Friday night, like my, my Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday afternoon, you, you think that there's so much you have to do to prepare. And obviously, like, the logistical stuff, like, that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But then there's there comes a point where you're just, like, I can't, I can't do, I can't be more prepared than I am going mm-hmm. into this. Because half the battles that are going to happen, I have no clue what they're going to be. And you just have to go and, and face it. Yeah. Once you're there. Yeah. And that's, like, that comes with being, you can be the most prepared person. You can be the most, the person that's had the most education and ultimately like you don't know what's going to happen when you get into the, to the, the situation. Yeah. And I think it goes back to like, you know, there's just like, there's so much knowledge you can have in youth ministry, but every kid is different, right? Every leader is different. Mm-hmm. You know, you have leaders that are visionaries. You have leaders that are detail oriented. You have kids that are just like, absolutely crazy and then you you figure out like that one thing to say to them and you can have you might have known them for like three years but finally you say one thing that like clicks and gets them excited about about the bible and about diving into it and you're like why couldn't i have said the simple (laughs) thing you know like uh johnny and i used uh kingdom time taco and basically our promise to them was uh we will always have fun Mm -hmm. like when Johnny and I get together, like, I'm not going to say that Johnny almost died at a youth group night <laughs> officially, but if you ask Brian Marinelli if someone almost died in his backyard, it might have, he might mention Johnny Farrell. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, we, we did ridiculous stuff. Yeah. But also, like, our promise being, like, we are going to have fun, but we're also going to talk about the Bible. Once we, like, figured out how to word that in a way that the kids understood, which was in terms of tacos the kingdom time taco. Like when we did, when we did the kingdom time taco, uh, all the kids were like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like we get it. We have fun, but we also are serious about the Bible here. 
explain a little bit more what Kingdom Time Taco is, because I know what it is, but some people might not know what it is. Yeah, uh, basically, you have a hand and you like karate chop the webbing of your thumb, and it makes what looks like a taco. Yeah, and it's just a simple gesture that, like, when you're getting off track and the whole room is starting to laugh and talking about drinking pickle juice or something like that, as sure, yeah. a normal youth group right, that goes, exactly. you just do that, and then everyone would like start doing that and then the kids would start holding each other accountable and Mm. uh yeah so just something simple like that is took us a while to figure out but once we figured it out like once we figured out when it's kingdom time it's kingdom time you know like that was what we used for the high schoolers and they loved it yeah so yeah and i think that's ultimately like that's something that's so unique about youth ministry is that you can have these talks on a Wednesday night where you're talking about like it's kingdom time and it's so much different than like a Sunday service because in Sundays everyone knows there's one person talking and they control what is mean. And mm-hmm. that is just not the case most of the time. <laughs> like it's just, it's just sim- that is simply not going to happen. Yeah. And that is something that I've had to learn is okay. Mm. Like mm-hmm. it is okay if we aren't on ta- on task the entire time or on like we're not focused the entire time because that's just not going to happen. Yeah. But it's about, I don't know. And that's kind of goes back to being like being prepared. It's mm. like, I, I can be as prepared as, and I, and I should be prepared, you know, but it's not going to go exactly how I think in my head Yeah, because there's, that's just not how a middle school or high schoolers brain works as like that's not how life works true ever very true ever life (laughs) life rarely goes according to plan you know like you can't plan like oh yeah my drive to work takes me five minutes and 32 seconds every single day it's like oh no you're gonna hit a red light true and then you're gonna hit three greens in a row and it's like oh cool it took me like five minutes and 28 seconds right whoop-de-doo you know (laughs) for sure yeah but i think like just being patient was one of the thing. Another thing that I learned as as a yip of like, once you kind of realize, all right, I've done this for a long time and I still know nothing about this. Like I don't, I I don't have any kids. I don't know how to parent high schoolers. I don't know how to parent middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. It's it's not my job to parent them. It's mm-hmm. my job to partner with their parents. You know, but um, you kind of get this like a rhythm almost with them, and then you start to like learn. Oh yeah, like when we spend this much time in games or this much time being crazy, uh, then they're a little bit more calm, you know, like, but we're not, we're not like child psychiatrists right. or therapists or <laughs> right. even like, we don't have teacher educations. Like you have a business degree. Yeah. I'm a dropout, <laughs> a dropout. Who's back at it. Yeah, you are. What, what? Yeah, you are. Um, like it's, and it's not your job to have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's not your leader's jobs to have it all figured yeah. out. And I think the kids get that, and that's why they love it. Like, right. They have such an expectation at home as like, yeah, this is the routine at home. You know, we eat dinner as a family Monday through Friday and at like around 6.30, and I'm expected to be there, or maybe that's not the case, and maybe it's, you know, like completely different than that. But that was kind of my rhythm at home growing up. And But like youth ministry looks completely out different than that. And yeah. like you have to figure out the rhythm. And you have to like figure out what works best for the kids. And then next year, your rhythm changes because you get a whole new group of kids. Your old ones are gone. The young ones are here. And the craziness starts all over again. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, let's see. Do we have anything else yip-wise that we should cover? Mm. It's so much fun. I- <laughs> <laughs> is that fair to say? Yes. Agreed. Very, very Yeah, true. youth ministry was so much, is, is so much fun is so much fun mm. yeah. i agree if you haven't done it you should try it talk yes. to jack yes facts talk to me if you don't like that come serve in revia <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually we'll take you to yeah. youth yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shameless plugs <laughs> all right well let's start let's go back in time then and we'll go and tell let's just find out a little bit about you mm. uh on your journey to when you became a, a yip and then we'll go more more current how's that sound cool sounds okay. great so 
That was just a taste. Yeah. The yip, the yip <laughs> stories was just a taste. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <clears throat> let's let's figure out. I mean, just tell us about tell us about growing up. What was what was growing up like for Cameron? Cool. Yeah. So I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. I uh, moved to Memphis, Tennessee when I was two. So basically, everything that I remember from Atlanta was just family stuff, like going back and visiting family. Gotcha. Um, Memphis. Uh, don't remember a whole lot to be honest like i played baseball um love playing baseball and yeah, if you want to play softball uh also yeah <laughs> Woo! adult league softball because <laughs> we need people for that <laughs> uh yeah we're gonna make that happen this yes, fall please, so please. Please, please talk to us yes uh even if you have no idea what adult league softball looks like it's gonna be missional that's all that matters perfect yes <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I lived in Memphis, Tennessee till fifth grade. So 05, um, we, I was raised in the church. So like we had a pretty solid church community, um, back in Memphis, but like as a kid, like my church community was really like my parents, friends and whatnot. Um, so then when we, uh, my dad is a pilot, he randomly got a flight out to Idaho and he landed and explored around, called my mom and was like, I found it. And my mom was like, what were you looking for? <laughs> and he was like, we're moving to Idaho. There you go. And um, yeah, so we moved out here like four months later or something like that. And I loved it. I thought Idaho was so cool. I got to be a rock star snowboarder. And um, yeah, it's just so different than Memphis. Memphis yeah, was like one of the reasons why we wanted to move is because my parents wanted to put us in a, in a schooling system and Memphis schools, not good. I'll I'll say they, they might've changed from when I was, you know, a wee little lad. I was going to say not good in however many years ago that was. Yeah. Yeah. uh A long time. Uh, almost 20. Uh, actually we'll just like safely say 20. I know. (laughs) Hey, it'll, it'll come to you one day. Don't you worry about it. You just got to embrace it. Um, so yeah, we moved out here and, oh, not good in the, like education was probably par, um, but crime super high and like you got inducted into gangs and stuff like that. And my parents were like, Ooh, Cameron in a gang doesn't sound very safe. No, that's generally how it goes. Also, like, can you imagine me in a gang? Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah. So we moved out here. Um, and we, you know, immediately got plugged into a church, uh, and I was actually, I was at that church for like 11 years or something like that yeah. from 05 to, um, 2015. Yeah. So almost 11 years, uh, cause it was early 2005 to late 2015. Okay. But, um, yeah, grew up in youth ministry and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do it because my youth uh leaders like uh kyle and tabby morgan yeah nate and Roz lap oh no way yeah um they uh andy henley if you know who that is yep, he comes yep. to rev every now and then uh john and holly sicka like yep. they were my youth leaders pretty rad crew of people <laughs> yeah that's pretty sick um they poured so much into me and i just wanted to return the favor and i thought it'd be a couple years mm. and I just, it stuck with me. I loved it. Um, But in high school, while they were pouring into me, I I realized freshman year, I had a pretty rough, like, athletic year. I, you know, was a football, um, baseball player. Never really liked football. Did it just to fit in because that's, like, what the cool kids did. Um, I have no upper body strength at all like that's what's important in football yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i wasn't Check i wasn't out. super good yeah um but baseball was pretty good at and i had a really rough season in baseball that year and um ended up just it kind of stole my love for baseball yeah uh pretty rough coach and um so i ended up quitting after summer ball in between freshman and sophomore year which blessing in disguise because then i was able to do church stuff more and so i would say that like I have grown up and been a part of the church, been a Christian my entire life. But yeah. like junior or sophomore, junior summer was when I was like, no, like I'm not going to let Jesus be a part of my life. I'm going to let Jesus be my life. Mm. 
and um i feel like that's that's earlier than most people like you hear a lot of people i think it's pretty common for people that grow up in the church to not really take their faith into their own until college mm. i i don't know i i don't know if that's something you've noticed but mm. that seems like it's it's a that's a more common theme so it's interesting that that was when you kind of took your faith in your own hands was mm. sophomore junior year of high school and it makes sense that you were involved in youth ministry afterwards because that is i mean obviously a very pivotal time in your life yeah yeah uh yeah i can i can agree with that i think a lot of people make their faith their own when they're no longer going to their parents church yeah which is one of the reasons why i i encouraged a lot of seniors that were staying local like hey like let me help you find a church and they're like but i go here and it's like yeah but you don't have to like there are hundreds of churches in the valley and like i know i have friends at a lot of them not all of them like you know probably not even more than 40 percent of them yeah but like let me get you plugged in to help you make your faith your own Mm -hmm. in some way shape or form and if that's staying at rev awesome like that's rad i love it but if that if like you need that separation from your parents like that is far no offense parents but like that their your kids relationship with jesus is far more important than them coming to church with you on yeah. a sunday yeah and i think that's something that w- maybe we have unique perspectives on mm-hmm. because we are not parents as you mentioned earlier true. we are not parents holla <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <high five. laughs> but but we also are less removed than than parents of especially of high schoolers mm. from high schoolers like yeah. from making that decision and that, i don't know that was an important part of my life too and my youth youth leader when i was a senior in in college and mm-hmm. or a senior in high school excuse me and made the decision to come here like i remember he showed me rev's website and was like mm. hey this church believes a lot of the stuff we believe and it's a walking distance from campus and looks about still the same is size. for the record yeah true very true very true uh about the same size and that was i don't know i remember when my parents visited too and like that was a it's a very pivotal moment to be like this is the place that i have found mm-hmm. to call my church uh anyways yeah and that that definitely that's a huge step yeah is when you decide to make your faith your own yeah your parents yeah honestly there's there's just something about like accountability uh coming from community mm-hmm. versus coming from family yeah like there's there's just something about that yeah. and like family is so important um but you know when your mom asks oh did you go to church today she can have the best intentions and it still sounds like your mom asking you did you go to church right. today yeah. versus if you have like a, a friend like if you were to ask me say i was you know a young whippersnapper, 18 mm-hmm. years old, 19 years old, just started college. We made a connection at BSU or something. You're like, oh, hey, like, did you go to church this weekend? I didn't see you there. It's like, oh, shoot. Yeah. He caught me. Yeah. I stayed up too late Friday or Saturday night. I stayed up too late Friday night. <laughs> didn't go to church on Sunday. <laughs> stayed up way too late on Friday night. Crazy Friday night. Too much Mountain Dew. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I think that that is, yeah, there's something about, like, community being accountable. Yeah. And that helps make your faith your own. Totally. Because even, like, when I went off, I did a year at Weber State, uh, my my freshman year, my OG attempt at college, um, was at Weber State, and I would say my faith came alive more than ever. Yeah. Almost in, like, a unhealthy way, to be honest with you. Interesting. Uh, because, like, I had responsibilities for school and I definitely let those slide yeah. quite a bit for the sake of ministry. Mm. And that was one of the reasons why I ended up dropping out because I was like, I don't want to like be paying for school, which my parents were helping me. You know, I don't want to be paying for school. Um, and just focusing on ministry. Like I could just, what's the do, point of school then? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could do ministry. Um, or do Bible college or, you know, something to train me. Something to, more in ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, okay, so you 
Was there anything that we missed going from that summer between sophomore and junior year to Weber State? Uh, I mean, just I mean, being poured into. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Growing in my faith, you know. Yeah, uh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, no, go ahead. I think uh, it was... Is those early years are like pretty pivotable. Yeah. Pivotable. Is that? No, that means turning. Pivotal. That's the word. Pivotable. I mean, they are like you could, you could turn or. (laughs) That's true. Straight and narrow or they're pivotal. Yeah. So they, obviously I think when you're just, when you're such a young believer and you just start, you know, reading the Bible, uh, Maybe not even for the first time, right? Because I grew up reading the Bible, yeah. but like truly, like me reading the Bible would be like, oh man, like what is Paul saying to Timothy in First Timothy? You know, what is Paul saying to the church in Corinth and the Corinthian letters? You know, um, you soak a lot of that up. So I think I, I soaked up a ton, and it's funny because throughout the years I've been like, ooh, that note not biblical. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. yeah. Yeah, a lot of uh, the more you read the Bible, the more you understand for sure, it. And for sure. so I think it's important to just read a lot, but also to have that community to keep you accountable, but also to help teach you yeah. the Bible. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so then you, so Weber State, you were you were more focused on ministry. Yeah, more focused on ministry than school. Was it like a like a campus ministry type of thing that you were involved in? Yeah, yeah, I was involved with university. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the only campus ministry available and it's uh it was such a blessing to find them yeah because like i was when i went to weber state i remember having the mentality of like yeah like i'll go to church um i'll you know still read my bible but I, like the missional aspect was just kind of lacking for me yeah. and i was just kind of wanted to turn off and just like cruise control my spiritual life through college yeah and intervarsity kind of slapped me in the face with like you can't you can't be lukewarm yeah right? like that's literally that's lukewarm yeah so uh yeah that happened i went to a conference called urbana that they put on and um was just really challenged by some stuff there and when you real when you're a, a someone who grow grew up in the church i remember always being like man like i don't have a testimony my testimony is like I grew up in the church, baptized when I was like seven. Yeah. Got baptized again in high school, you know, like one of those kids. Yeah. Um, but uh, at Weber State or at that, at that conference, um, I, God really revealed like the depravity of myself mm. and like how wicked of a person I am yeah. and just like my heart's desires of like, man, like why – why is that person more important than me? Mm. And like, why is that person getting all these things and not me? Like, don't I deserve those things? And he just like, once again, slapped me on the face in a loving way. And, uh, just showed me abundant grace and said, even though you think those things, I've still walked beside you and I still cared for you. And so I kind of had that mentality for the second semester of, school and that second semester i think was when i like was doing a little i i i it's a tightrope to say this it's like doing too much ministry <laughs> yeah because i was in school for school right and like you need to honor god with what where you're at and mm-hmm. what you're given mm-hmm. and i think i just personally think i could have done it better yeah where it's like I oh mean, yeah like i chose to do ministry and then hang out with friends instead of do ministry and do school, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So did you, so you dropped out after that first year. Mm -hmm. Did you stay or did you come back to Boise? I came back to Boise. Um, I actually came back to Boise with the intent of going back to Weber state. Um, and I, over the summer, was just praying and was just like, man, like, I really feel like Yahweh's saying, like, stay in Boise, stay in Boise, like, over and over and over again. So eventually I called the um, uh, ministry director at 
Weber State's university and was like, Hey, like, I know I'm on the leadership team. I'm really sorry. Like, I know, like I've made commitments, but this is what I feel like the Lord wants me to do. And, um, I, I, I have to do it, Yeah, you know? And yeah. so I did that. Um, probably could have done that better as well. You know, a little 20 year old Cameron, not a great communicator. Um, so shout out if anyone ever hears that, I'm sorry for how I left, but there's not many 20 year olds that are good communicators. So. That's very true. Oh man. Um, but yeah. Um, so that was, that summer was when I first started doing youth ministry. I was just going to be a summer intern, um, at my church up here and, just kind of fell in love with it and then i tried to do bible college and i felt and this isn't like i said like this is what yahweh was saying to me not what he says to everyone uh but i tried to go to like boise bible college um and he was like why would you leave ministry to go learn what you're already learning how to do and i was like i guess sure yeah, that makes sense. Right. So he kind of he he shut the door, mm-hmm. um, and more than just saying that, he shut the door and um, ended up going back to BSU because I was like, okay, I can I can balance this better. Um, went to BSU was a math major for a semester. Sure. As, yeah. As one does. Right. It's great. Yeah. It was not great. Sounds like so much fun. It was. The math was fun. The theoretical math was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> does not sound fun. Um. Yeah, and but I was able to balance school and ministry a little bit more. So then I was like, all right, this isn't what I want to do with yeah. my career. Dropped out again. Um, and then finally ended up back in the the medical field and was like, this is what I want to pursue. But that whole time, like that was probably 20, probably wasn't until like 2016 or 17 when I was like, no, this is what I want to do. And at the time was like, basically just get in the medical field somehow yeah so i was serving in youth ministry that whole time which was really cool because because i wasn't worried about my present and i really wasn't worried a whole lot about my future because i was just like the lord's got me i'm going to be faithful with where i'm at i had a job that gave me all the time off i needed to do like camps and wednesday nights and sundays and even though it was a super secular job, I was working at GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> no way. So yeah, assistant manager there. Nice. Uh, is where it went, how I ended up. Um, and then went from there to REI and um, it's kind of the same story. Like yeah. just been blessed with jobs where it's like, yeah, like you need time off for this camp, take it. You need time off for uh, this event, it's yours. You need a Friday night off, cool. Like nice. whatever. I've always been super blessed with great managers That's to awesome. allow me to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a big difference for sure. What, um, so when, what years were you the, or maybe let's go, how did you get to Rev? Mm, okay. Cause you were, were you doing youth ministry during that time Yeah, at Rev or was that at the previous church? Yeah. So, uh, when I came back from Weber state, it was 2013, uh, started serving at my previous church. Um, and served up until I left basically and just kind of a couple things happened and I was like oh like I don't know and I felt I felt like Yahweh was saying um if I stay I'm gonna do more harm than good Mm. and that basically it was just like it was time to leave yeah and for the sake of of unity I was like you know what like I attended the Sunday service one day and like we did a, a youth service every Sunday and so I ended up attending the Sunday service, and I was like, this just doesn't feel like home. It mm. doesn't feel like my church. And I was like, it's because the youth ministry is my church. And then I was like, oh, like that's a problem. Yeah. Like, that's a that's a pretty big problem. Um, And so I uh, ended up stepping away from the youth ministry. And in that time, uh, the sick has just moved into a new house, and, you know, he was my youth leader. So I was like, oh, like, what do you need? Like, And he invited me to come over and paint. So I came over and was painting and he was telling me about Rev and uh, he told me that like Bren takes the trash out on his way out and um, I was like, gosh, like that's really cool. And I think it was a Sunday after where I attended the main service and was just like, ah, like this doesn't feel like home. So 
uh, in that same month, I just bopped over to Rev for uh, a service, and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's so many young people. Everyone is wearing scarves. What the heck? <laughs> Didn't even realize it was scarf season. It was, I think it was October or like late September. So not really scarf season. No. No. So maybe it was like fashionable scarf season, you know? Interesting. When it's like, it doesn't have to be for warmth. It can be for like mm. style. Mm. Uh, that doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Okay. You can have, th- stuff can be two things, right? Like it can be for style and for warmth. But if you wear a scarf just for style. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Teach their own, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Okay. But, but, uh, so I came here and I was just, I remember specifically, um, Bren shared about the importance of gospel communities and basically like how the meat of church happens in the gospel community. And I was like, oh, that, that's really cool. Cause, like I was a part of a of a small group at my previous church, and it was it was rad. And honestly, like I got more out of that than I did Sunday mornings. And like we had people who were passionate about the Bible, but nobody was like a formally trained seminary student. Right. You know, we just got together and worshipped and read the Bible together, and was like, "What does that mean?" It's like I don't know what that means. What do you think it means? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and so it, it became very important to me. Uh, and it was very apparent that this was true at Rev, but to try to go to a church that was um, made up of small groups, not just a church with small groups, hmm. and let the like the small groups is where kind of that um, spiritual intimacy with one another happens. Totally, yeah, totally. So that was end of 2015. Okay, was when I attended Rev one Sunday, and then it was like three Sundays later, and I was like, yeah, this is this is home. Nice. Um, and then I intentionally took like four to six months, somewhere in there, of like, I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to yeah. um, get too plugged in because I want to make sure this is home. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure that like I'm spiritually and emotionally healthy. Um, and finally, it was just like, it was just eating at me. It was like, you got to do it. It was actually, yeah. I think it was right after... <laughs> Uh, right after one of the winter camps, I remember like my previous youth group was at winter camp the same weekend that Rev's youth group was. And I was like, ah, I didn't think this would make me sad, but I'm like <laughs> tearing up during announcements. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a long Sunday when you're starting to cry during announcements. And, uh, so that was uh, like roughly around February was when I was like, yeah, like let's time to commit. So, and did that look like serving in youth ministry? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So basically I, I met up with Bren and I was like, Hey dude, like this is my experience. Uh, I'll help wherever, like you probably don't want me in the nursery, but I'll serve in the nursery if you need me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I ended up helping out with worship for a little bit first mm-hmm. and then met up with Dan Englebright was the youth director at the time. He was kind of the do it all director, um, worship youth, yeah, minute, like men's ministry. Yeah. Um, and so I met up with him and then we, uh, kind of just took off from there. Nice. Yeah. And then you became the yip in 2017, I think. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, about a year, year or so. Yeah. Serving. Yeah. I think it was like a year and a half uh-huh. cause it was late 2017. Gotcha. And I had stepped into youth over spring break. So that would have been like March. Okay. 2017, 2016. Yeah. 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 Nice. And then you were a yip for technically i was only a yip for like six months that's like <laughs> you want the title of yip because it's fun yeah but also you never want to stay as a yip for very long nope. so johnny and i committed to being a yip and then we he was getting married uh that spring so he was like i can only do this until the spring once i get married like i need to prioritize my wife which shout out to a young man having wisdom uh super important the family mm-hmm. comes first mm-hmm. and uh so when he stepped down it's kind of one of those things like my job was also up technically yeah. um but we they were trying to figure out like oh like what's what are we going to do who are we going to bring on are we going to bring on like an associate pastor that is you know focused on worship or youth or like what um 
And so they ended up just keeping me on as part-time. Yeah. Um, so I was, you know, somewhere between 12 and 20 hours a week and did both the high school and the middle school ministry at that point. Mm-hmm. Nice. And yeah. so that lasted for? Uh, about a year-ish, yeah. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit longer than a year. Yeah. So I, all in all, I think I was the youth guy for, I, I want to say it was like 18 to 20 months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, okay, this is interesting too. Um, and if we're jumping over something, you can you trace me back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your last youth group <laughs> was my <laughs> first youth group. Yeah. Which is funny because, like, I considered you a friend at that point like uh-huh. i don't know you obviously as well I, as I know you now i'm pretty sure i had tried to get jack to do youth ministry with me <laughs> like when i was the director yeah yeah maybe i wouldn't have quit if you were <laughs> i'm just kidding that was a guilt trip thanks thanks <laughs> i'm glad you're here now thank you <laughs> but yeah i it was it was funny we that my first wednesday night I show up and I didn't know. And then they're like, well, yeah, we're having a goodbye party for Cameron. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've never really served together with mm. youth. I mean, we've done some stuff together. Yeah. Um, we'll serve together on the Rev softball team this it, fall, though. Yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, so, uh, yeah. And again, if I'm skipping something, you can take it, take me back to that. But what was the decision like to... Mm move on because i mean we've been talking like youth ministry is obviously a very important part of your life yeah. what was it like to make the decision to step away yeah it was hard uh it was super hard um especially you know with you have kids like students excuse me students like landon where it's like man like i've been in this in this young man's life since middle school mm-hmm. um and then you also have like your Will Stevens, uh, your Grayson's, you know, like yeah. all these guys, OB Brady that I feel like I've like invested into mm-hmm. not just on Wednesday nights, but like gone to their football games yeah. or their lacrosse games or, you know, like, yeah. Um, but I know, and this goes back to Weber state. Like I know that I've always struggled prioritizing ministry. Mm-hmm. And so one of my greatest fears when I got married was that I would do that to my wife yeah. and prioritize ministry over her or ministry over the family. And um, I I just, as much as I trusted myself and trusted God to like reveal that in me, um, I felt like, I felt like Yahweh was like, all right, time to step out um, yeah. because you just got married. Yeah. And so, you know, I got married in January. I was going to say, I think that was the thing I skipped over. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you skipped over? It's fine. It was like, we met in June, got married in January. So like, perfect. Okay. It's a small window to jump over. Yeah. Very important, but small. <laughs> just say, Melissa's is listening to this being like, you forgot. Something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love you. Um, <laughs> So I was smart to throw that in there. Yeah, always throw that in. <laughs> yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Um, and so, anyways, I think just like getting married, I was like, I need to prioritize my family. I don't know if I'm good at choosing someone over ministry. Yeah, and it's time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, do you want to do you want to talk about Melissa or getting married? Or sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because that is something we—that's an important part of that of the story. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, kind of our story, which you know, if she's ever on here, she'll probably share it in yeah. a much more elegant. Yeah, well, uh, have, way. yeah, maybe that's that's a, that's a precursor to yeah. <laughs> Melissa sharing this in a better way. You should just have her. You should have me share her story, oh, like growing up, yeah. and I'll share like what I've seen, and yeah. her share what she's seen yeah. in me and yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's why, like, I'm, it's, I'm interested to see, like, as this podcast continues, like, I don't really want to have husbands and wives on at the same time, because yeah. I think it's way more interesting to hear, <laughs> <laughs> to hear their stories separately, because when you're talking at the same time or together, mm-hmm. your story's naturally just going to be a little bit different than how you would tell it if you were separate. So, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's just been a thought that I've had, like, hmm, I could have 
you know, Cameron and Melissa on together, Kyle and Tabby on together, uh-huh. Kyle and Jess on together. Yeah. But it'd kind of be more fun to have them separate and see what they, <laughs> they say. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Plus, that's uh, two episodes for every one episode. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So. And everyone has their own story. That's true. Yeah. And yeah. your story isn't just meeting your spouse. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Plays a huge part in it. True. But yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I have been working at REI for a long time, like I think four years or something, and uh, got offered another job, decided to take it because I would have uh, my weeknights off. And I was like, oh man, like a consistent Monday through Friday schedule. Rad. Nice. Uh, so I took that. And honest, I bring that up because I probably wouldn't have done this if I was working at REI. That job, I was a lot more, in, like, it was a lot more introverted. Um, mm-hmm. It was, you know, uh, a manual labor job. Yeah. So, uh, but I was by myself all day. So, like, my extrovert just shone at the end of the day. As an introvert, I was like, oh, I love hanging out with people even though I'm, like, super exhausted. <laughs> I feel uh, that. I feel that. Yeah. So, anyways, I just randomly got a friend request from this girl named Melissa and was like, ah, who are you? Um, so I looked at her info and I was like, oh, you know what? Like it says she works for uh city church, AKA old city church. Mm-hmm. Shout out to new city, new city church. church. Um, and uh, she also had a job at the department of health and welfare, worked for Idaho Wednesday's child. And I was like, gosh, like this girl's legit. Um, but I was like, I have no idea where I've met her. <laughs> I was like, oh, like we must have crossed in a circle somewhere. Right, right. But I was like, why would you send me a friend request? Like must have been recent. But um, so anyways, I just kind of kept thinking about her all week. And nice. I was like, that was kind of mysterious. Yeah. And so then at the end of the week or throughout the week, uh, I had talked to my gospel community. Um, I had talked to a couple of my friends and was like, like, sh- do you think I should reach out to this girl and ask her out on a date? And everyone was like, what's the harm? <laughs> Very true. And Cameron being like a normal, like introverted, like right. mostly outgoing yeah. introvert, but I am, I am like pretty introverted. Yeah. I um, classify myself as that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like the best of both worlds. I love it. Yep. Yeah. It's so nice. It's great. Um, never change. Nope. <laughs> Uh, so I reached out to her and, you know, this is in the middle of COVID. So I had to give like a COVID disclaimer about being like, Hey, like if you're not comfortable, like I want to prefer you. Um, so if you're not comfortable right now, maybe down the road, we meet up yada, yada. But then I name dropped some people name drop Kyle Johnson, nice worship leader at Rev. Yeah. Um, and then I actually name dropped her roommate, which I didn't wow. even know was a roommate. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And I only knew those people because I was captaining the city church soccer team. No way. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, these people go to city church. You should you should probably know them. Yeah. Like, they can vouch for, for me. Like, I'm a fairly decent guy. Right. I don't want to speak to my attractiveness, but, like, at least, like, emotionally. Like I'm not a horrible person that's just talking to you randomly. Yeah. 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 You sent me the friend request, you know? True, so, like. True. True. Um, so she immediate not immediately she was at she was doing a zoom uh they called them gatherings but like a zoom gospel community oh, okay um and she like messaged one of her friends and was like oh my gosh someone just asked me out on facebook <laughs> and uh so she you know talked to her roommate at least i'm pretty sure she talked to her roommate before uh she said yes but yeah. then we uh ended up getting coffee so this was like june Mm -hmm. um and then started dating in july and uh, i threw a surprise party for her birthday nice so that was like the icing on the cake after that it was like hang out for like a month uh meet her parents she wanted me to meet uh her parents as just cameron and not as her boyfriend yeah which i really respected Uh um but then after the after the surprise party, she was like, what are we waiting for? <laughs> Pro move. Yeah, Pro move, young nice, men out there. Nice. Uh, don't be weird about it, but it worked for me. Um, <laughs> that's the key. Don't be weird about it. For sure. Um, and so, anyways, we uh, 
we're both like, all right, like you're involved in this church, you're involved in that church, we're going to date, our communities are different, yeah. but we also know that we're going to have to slowly move, like merge our communities, um, or like one of us is going to have to jump to the other. Yeah. And so we kind of were like, we're going to acknowledge this, and then we're not going to talk about it, and we're just going to enjoy dating. So we dated, hung out with her friends, hung out with my friends, uh, you know, Every, once I think once a son once a month I would go to her church once a month she would go to my church was like the original boundaries that we set up yeah I think that only lasted like a month and a half before <laughs> it was like all right cool like let's commit to rev um, she was already attending my gospel community at that point um, and so we were both just like yeah like we both feel like Jesus wants it wants us at rev um, which and, is kind of ironic. Yeah, <laughs> super <laughs> ironic. Spoiler alert. Uh, about two weeks later, uh, our dads told us. <laughs> uh, so she is the daughter of John Mitchell, who is the head pastor at City Church. And ever since I was a, a wee little yip, I've called Bren dad. Um, so it was like our dads both told us that there was a potential, a potential that the two churches were going to merge which is so funny. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like the timing of it. We were like, oh my gosh. Like we just have like not hard conversations. I mean. But heavy conversations. Yeah, sure. that, that's a better word for sure. Heavy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of definitely. like, are you going to leave your community or am I going to leave my community? Definitely. And then it was like our conversation went from that to like, oh, hey, your community is going to be here in three months. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, we... Uh, Got engaged in September. So uh, met in June, started dating in July, engaged in September, married in January. Boom, 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 boom. Boom. But Nice. And even like we were like, gosh, like this feels really fast. Um, but our communities were like, no, this is right. And it goes back accountability in community, you yep. know, like especially like all my family lives back home. Mm -hmm. They had met Melissa. I think she came to Alabama like <laughs> probably two weeks after we started officially nice. dating. I was like, hey, this is crazy. But like my parents have offered to buy you a plane ticket if you want to come down and visit. And I was like, you are in for something special. It's Alabama. It's good time. My parents are going to love you. But uh, yeah, if you want to come meet my family. <laughs> so um, yeah, she came down like two weeks after we started dating or yeah. like maybe even a week after we started dating or something. It was, it was, yeah, that's wild. That was the first time that I was like, Oh, that was fast. Yeah. But my community was like, no, like this is totally fine. Yeah. Totally good. Like this is healthy. Yeah. Um, if you guys were isolating and moving this fast, we'd be a little bit more concerned, mm. but we weren't isolating. We were trying to like really stay in community in friendships and not yeah. lose our friends, even yeah. though we were trying to be intentional with one another. Right. Nice. So, so then now we're, I mean, pretty close to current, but mm -hmm. Revia, what plug it, do plug talk, it, talk about yes. everything, talk about, uh, I mean, not, not just plug it, but I also like, yeah. how did it, how did it start? Yeah. All that. Yeah. Give it to us. Uh, so part of that, like merger, we got a huge influx of people, obviously a lot of them, young adults, a lot of them, um, like Melissa, my wife was put in like this really weird spot where she was like, I had a new community that I was going to invest into, but and now, now my old, old community yeah. is, is here. My old friends are here. So I'm, she was still like more so than me mm -hmm. was probably torn between communities, torn between worlds. Right. Cause it seems like yours was probably like, oh, here are more people joining my community. Yeah. She's like, I have two separate yes communities that are, I'm, tr I'm trying to make one or yeah i don't know that mm -hmm. that is i guess how i think about it yeah and that's my like perspective on how she perceived that i think yeah. um but you know when you have her on here you can ask her. she <laughs> yeah, might say yeah, something yeah. completely different yeah, yeah. but what we had realized is we were like gosh there's like a lot of young people at this church that like we don't know mm -hmm. and like you get it like if i name drop probably 20 people that go to rev you would probably know all 20 of them, maybe 19 just because you're on staff. Yeah. And like when you're on staff, you just know everyone. Yeah, you're here both services every names. Sunday and it's, it's just very different. And so I had noticed like, gosh, like there's a lot of young people that I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
Like I, I know my community. Mm-hmm. I know we all sit in the same little pocket during first service. Um, but like, there are so many more young people out there. Like I want to connect with them. Yeah. And so it was kind of birthed out of like that. Um, like how can we merge these two communities, but also like, how can we just meet one another and like try to make a connection point to that could turn into something deeper. Yeah. And so we, um, I had talked to, I think Bren was on sabbatical this summer that Revya was like kind of forming. Um, and I was like, oh, this sucks. Like, I really want to talk to him about it because, you know, he's my dad. <laughs> yep, yep. But uh, I can't because it's church related and I want to try to honor his his Sabbath. And yeah. if it was, you know, for another church, I'd be like, ah, you're just a friend. But like, you're an elder at the church, but yep. you're on sabbatical. So yep. I can't talk to you about it. Um, So I talked to, to John Sicka and he was like, Actually, this person and that person both want to do something similar. Just like, why don't you all sit down in the same room? Yeah. So it was uh, Harrison Funk Mm -hmm. and then Joseph Sandal and Melissa and myself. And we were like, all right, like we see this need to connect people. We just want to like try to bridge the gap and see what happens. Yeah. So we just sent out this text. Melissa and I sat down and I texted every single person that I knew that was a young adult. And our definition of young adult was a senior in high school to someone who's young in heart. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So like really anyone and like, you know, Kyle Olson, like what, five kids? Yeah. yeah. Like he is super young at heart. Kyle Morgan, super young at heart. Also five kids. I guess maybe it's just a Kyle thing. <laughs> so if you're old and your name is Kyle, you're welcome to come to Rev. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise that's it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Totally kidding. But, uh, yeah, so we just wanted to like bridge that gap and start seeing some more relationships foster and try to break up. I mean, in some ways, it's made some of like the the circles of young adults tighter, mm-hmm. um, but in some ways, it's helped like bring in more people as well. Yeah. So I think um, we started out by just every other Monday at a park, we would just play ultimate frisbee. We would play uh, soccer or. You know, there's a one guy who is like a really good drone flyer. So he brought his drone one night and we just watched him fly his drone, like through a playground, like weaving in and out. So rad. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just like, it's always something different. And what we learned is like, gosh, like, even though we've been doing it for two years, like there's always new people mm-hmm. and you know, all of those like seniors in high school, like when you are super involved in crew ministry and like you were pretty involved in crew right yeah yeah decent yeah. amount okay yeah. cool so like when you're super involved in crew how do you make that transition from crew to church because they are like two very different things yeah sunday morning church gathering versus like your roommates your best friends that you're all doing ministry with you still have your large group gathering you still have your small group gatherings but like there's just something different yeah i mean i would just say being it going from college life into adult life in yeah. general is just a lot different yeah and so it's like okay how do we bring in those like we do the senior in high school right, right. is like what the open invite is right right i'm not gonna force a senior in high school to come hang out with a bunch of people um yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah <I> gotcha. <laughs> um, but uh, how do we get those seniors in college to try to, to start making that transition to church, right. to Sunday morning or, you know, like whenever your church services? Um, how do we get them to transition from like a crew small group to a gospel community? Yeah. And so we were like, I think the best way to do that is to like be minimal on the spiritual side of stuff and be heavy on the relational side mm-hmm. of stuff. And so that's why we were like, let's meet in parks. Let's just hang out. Let's just make connections. And then out of uh, Revia has come a bunch of morning groups. I think we have five morning groups between guys and girls, yeah. which has been awesome to see. So cool. So, and like that to me, I think has been the biggest blessing out of all of it is not just meeting new people, but also seeing these groups form. Yeah. And like, you know, there's been one group basically since the beginning that's still meeting which is rad. Yeah, so cool. And like it's just like it's locked in. It's like these guys are doing life together yeah. and um I'm blessed to be a part of that group and you know, I know that no matter what I can always reach out to any one of those guys and do life with them. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I yeah. think that's something that's I don't know if missing or something that I think 
just the church in general has done a really good job of like preparing people for the transition from high school to college. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of youth, youth people like youth directors like mm-hmm. myself that help people through that transition. And there's a lot of college organizations that have started because that ever, there was a big like, Oh, here's, here's the need right now. You know, yeah, what was it like 78% of seniors who graduated yeah. for a seat? And it might still be accurate, right. but it right. was like 78 Where's Ali O'Brien when I need I her? think it's I think it's even more eighty two more than that. Yeah, really? Something really, really high. And that was and like you said, like maybe the stat's still there. I have a feeling that's a probably a dated more dated stat than yeah. than because of just how how much mm-hmm. people have started doing that. And now, at least in my mind, that transition from college out mm-hmm. is where the need is just a little bit bigger now. Yeah. I think that's where we don't we don't do that as well. Yeah. Because there's so many college organizations, churches are I don't know. That 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 transition from going from like a college group to a church or normal mm-hmm. church is is harder. Yeah. Sure. I think a hundred percent. And that's part of the heart, you know, is like, hey, and that's why we don't want to focus a whole lot on spirituality. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, like this Friday night, we're doing a bonfire worship night prayer this night. This isn't coming out for a while, so. Okay, so Friday, Friday night in the past. 24th. Yeah. Of 2023. <laughs> yeah, this is coming out in two years. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, so two years ago, <laughs> uh, we're doing a worship night, but that's only the second worship night we've done. Yeah, and which even then is like a worship night is a lot different than a like a time where you were sitting down together and reading the Bible. Like yeah. You can, you can be a little bit more relational in that setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's, it's important. It was important for every single one of the founding leaders. And, you know, maybe one day this will change. Right. You know, Um, but like, it's important. It was important for all of us to not be a gospel community. Yeah. Because we don't want to be what you transition into. We want you to transition into a multi-generational group. Right. 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 Where you have, you know, like someone who has four kids telling you like, yeah, you don't do your laundry this way. <laughs> you throw it all in one load. What? Right. <laughs> you know, right. or like uh, someone, gosh, like one of the, I think one of the hardest things for a lot of young married couples, maybe not hardest things, but like a really practical thing that a lot of people could help with is like teaching people how to meal prep. Yeah. Meal yeah. prep is so difficult. And um, you know, like if you had that, that family in your life, who's like, yeah, you know, I have five kids. I meal prep every single week. Like I do this. This is how, like, let me show you, let me teach you how, how I do this. Yeah. Or like, let me teach you what it looked like, what life was like when I was walking through this stage. Right. And like help you like help walk alongside of you. Like you can't get that in a single generation it's like For oh sure. yeah i went through that last year you know like ah two years ago i went through that i'm so wise right it's like no like yeah. For sure. there's wisdom in that but yeah. there's so much more wisdom when it's like yeah i've been a educator for 25 years right like i know how to deal with parents mm-hmm. i i would be the professional <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. going back to what we talked about in the beginning yeah um having those people in your life and in a single generational ministry, mm-hmm. you can't get that. So we were very big on like, we're not a gospel community. Yeah, We're just a group of young adults that want to connect and hang out and maybe morning groups come out of it. Maybe right. deeper community comes out of it, but hopefully it points people to like, Hey, like let's get plugged into to rev or to another church even, yeah. you know? So yeah, for sure. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So Revia, <laughs> hopefully in two years, in two years when this comes out, it's still going on. I was going to say, this is definitely not coming out by the, by the, the event that we have this week, but yeah. hopefully, hey, you know what? Just talk to me, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be safer than yeah. saying to look out for something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, cool. Was there anything else to, that you would, you would like to, I don't know, nothing else you want to plug, but I don't know what else. Is there anything else that we we skipped that we should talk about or I don't know. I'm all about shameless plugs, but I think I've run out of yeah, them. I feel that. <laughs> cool. Well, dude, this has been, this has been awesome. Yeah. Uh, this has been great. I, yeah. I don't really, I've told everyone else that I've had on so far. I don't really have a closing thing. Yeah. Um, 
So that's that's kind of just where I've been ending. Yeah, <laughs> ending the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this has been great, dude. Thanks for doing it, dude. It's been awesome. Yeah. Uh, what about like an exhortation? Oh, how about that's that? Great. Yeah, that's great. Oh, what would be a good one? Um, you know, we could pause it right now and find one, but I I think it'd be better if we just did it in real time. You you did bring the Bible out here. I believe it or not, people, there are Bibles in the youth room. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Jack's doing something right. They're mm. in a they're in a box in the corner. But. <laughs> <laughs> a cabinet, a cabinet, True, a cabinet, yeah. a cabinet, a cabinet. You gotta protect the word in the youth room. You have no idea what's gonna come flying at it. <laughs> mm. um, so something this this podcast, uh, like the origin of it or the idea of it, came from the the church that I grew up in in, in Bothell, Washington, that my parents go to, um, and they they they've done they've done a podcast kind of like this for a while and they just kind of had a series that they call the word of their testimony mm-hmm. and that comes from revelation 12 11 um and it says and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they loved not their lives even until death mm-hmm. and i love that i love mm-hmm. that they called this series a word of their testimony i so, love that yeah but this one's called empowering gr- gr- em- br- Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um, evidence of grace. Evidence of grace. Yes. Yes. Where does that come from? Uh, that came from Steve Collard, actually. Oh. Yeah. Does, is there like a, a I, verse or anything that he attached with that? Mm, that'd be a great thing to ask him. Okay. Well, you'll have to have him on. Yeah, for sure. Get to the origin of the name. That's what we call that one. <laughs> cool. Well, what if I, what if I led you with ended ended with this let's do it uh so this is one of my life verses this is uh first timothy 1 5 um which is also my wi-fi password if you ever come over so (laughs) nice um it says so this is paul writing to his uh non-legally adopted son okay like probably his his most famous disciple yeah timothy yeah um who is in ephesus dealing with false teachers and uh, unnecessary fashionable people Uh in the church that are boasting in it. Yeah. So he says uh, before he like warns Timothy and like kind of gives him some instruction, he says in first Timothy one five, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Love that verse. Yeah. One of my life verses. It's awesome. So important. Well, that's pure heart, pure heart, good conscience, clear conscience, sincere faith. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Cameron. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah.